Remember this guy? Hey, Josh. Thor Wood, founder of Snapshift. How are you? During our last call-in show, Thor wowed us with his 30-second elevator pitch. He wanted to be on the show so bad that Thor called over 200 times until he got through. Now that's a super fan. And when he was talking to me on the phone, he crushed it. Now let's see how Thor does in front of five hungry VCs in the pitch room. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. Our investors today? I'm Charles Hudson. Charles started Precursor Ventures, where he's invested 45 million in over 100 startups to date. I'm Sarah Downey. Sarah's a partner at Accomplice, and they've invested $600 million in over 200 startups so far. One example, a company called DraftKings. I'm Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two software companies for over $500 million. And now he invests for himself. I'm Jillian Manis. Jillian is an angel investor and a partner at Structure Capital, where they've invested 98 million in high-profile startups like Uber. I'm Phil Nadell. Phil's companies have sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. Now he manages Forefront Venture Partners, one of the largest syndicates on AngelList. The pitch for Snapshift is coming up in just a moment. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, here we go. Your name is Thor. Hi. Thor? Yes, ma'am. You look oh, like a Thor. Hey, I'm Michael. Thank you. Okay, Thor the Mighty. So my name's Thor Wood. I'm the founder and CEO of Snapshift. So a priest, a rabbi, and a nun are sitting in a restaurant waiting for service. <laughs> and in walks an elephant. They immediately recognize the danger of this situation and quickly vacate. This elephant in the room is the seemingly unsolvable problem that's plaguing the food and beverage and hospitality industry, staffing. You've got record high turnover, record low retention for workers and managers. It takes a month to replace an employee. And replacement costs alone are a staggering $150 billion each year in the U.S. Solutions that exist today have done nothing to mitigate the problems, so we created the Snapshift Labor Marketplace. Our solution connects these understaffed food and beverage and hospitality operations with actual qualified industry pros on demand. Think of Thor's business like a matchmaking service for restaurants and hotels who need to cover shifts and workers looking to pick up extra work here and there. We're growing 45% month over month, and this is directly tied to our actual chart-topping fulfillment rate that is three times the staffing industry average. And that's just part of the story because the workers love us. They're getting paid near instantly through us, earning on average over 50% more than the national industry rate. Now I'm here today to raise $250,000 to help us move forward with additional pilots and product enhancements for our target customer base. Thank you. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I need a, uh, a sous chef right away. Sell me on signing up. 
So it would take uh, roughly three minutes for you to create an account as a business. We okay. validate you that you exist with tax ID. It'll take you 30 seconds to post a shift. It immediately is broadcast uh, in a radial pattern. Yeah. So it's going to hit the highest rated that are the closest that meet your requirements. Smart. How fast can I get somebody? It's, it's 3 p.m. and I just heard my sous chef's not going to turn but five. Can I? Is it that fast? Uh, our record's 18 minutes. And I assume that what happens is I'm going to pay more money to have them come in. So it's the on-demand, I pay a premium. So for on-demand, $35. For advanced scheduled, it's 20 On the back end, we have a la carte charges. So if you want to boost your shift, it's $3. If you want white glove service, oh, kind of like it's auto with cars. What's white glove service? Uh, that's where my team, specifically my co-founder, Stephanie, who manages the ops, she'll jump in and make sure that, you know, we're giving it an extra How many people crank. do that? Uh, right now, it's Stephanie, myself. No, no, no. How many, many people take you up on it? Customers. Oh, on the White Glove? Yeah. Uh, we're at least 50-50. White Glove is very sought after. Why? Because someone will physically go and fill that job, finds John Smith, puts him in? So the system automatically is sending out push alerts. Mm -hmm. This means we'll send out maybe a batch of texts as well. The, how many workers are in the system now? So 27,000. Oh, Schmidt. But they're not all active because they're spread. How they're, many are active? Uh, we've got, I believe, 8,000 that are active. Um, and it fluctuates. How do you qualify a worker? Right. So you have to have at least six months experience in the industry that we can validate through references. Okay. And then we run a seven year county criminal background check. Mm -hmm. You pass that, we'll do the reference check. You pass that, you're activated. But then we hold you accountable. Uh, it's you get rated like an Uber kind of thing? Absolutely. I should just disclose, I have an investment in a company that does exactly this. So, yes. um, Which company? It's called Paired. Paired focuses more on uh, back of house sort of sit down to fine dining. Okay. Um, so higher end. But um, this is an industry where historically labor has had very little control over hours, shifts, things mm -hmm. like that. Oftentimes they have to work multiple jobs because the employer doesn't want them working more than 30 hours for a bunch oh, of right. insurance and benefits reasons. Right. And platforms like this really do empower workers to have more control. Right. So tell, tell us about you. Tell, you said you're as a recruiter. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your background. So Midwest, uh, grew up in Indianapolis, um, Catholic family. Anyway, got into uh, recruiting, found out that I was pretty good at it. I did that for 12 years. But in terms of food and beverage and hospitality, I did that since I was 14. And so I've got family members that own their catering operations, and I was always working. I was bartender. I was back of house uh, security from time to time. But uh, I always, it always came back to the frustrations. I literally hated the industry because I was a hard worker. And if people didn't show up, I'm doing their job for not much more. Yeah. And are and you I'm, guys based in Indianapolis? Yeah, well, we're headquartered well. in Indy. Uh, proud to be, it's a huge convention town. I believe yeah. they're ranked number no, 13. No, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Are you really just all your revenue right now is Indianapolis? Uh, we've got a little bit coming from Denver. What's your next five cities? Yeah, so uh, Chicago. Uh -huh. We're gonna lock and load further on Denver. We have Nashville, we have Miami, and then uh, Philadelphia. How are you going to open up Chicago? Yeah, what what's it going to take to uh, open a market? We've got Go 2,800 workers already. So, How? Yeah, you have the, the workers. So you have the supply, those, but talk about sales. the demand. The workers are the ones that bring. Okay, we we so have you, referral programs to bring how, businesses okay, in. How do you sign up the restaurants in Chicago? Mm -hmm. I'm not following your question. In other words, who who is going to sign up? The, if you're, you're in Indianapolis. Right. Well, this is rather strange. When Michael asks a straightforward question like, how do you get more clients in Chicago? That should be an easy layup for any founder. But Thor 
totally misses the shot. And then Jillian swoops in to help him. Who is physically in Chicago that's going to be, it's just contract sales? No, so we will do it in-house in Indianapolis or it's self-serve. They can quickly get on and do it. I know, but how are you finding these restaurants yeah. to come on your platform? It, oh, so you, yeah, Chicago's massive, right? So we've got tens of thousands in a list already. We've been building a list. So what are you going to do? Are you, you going to cold them? call them? No, we're not going to cold call unless you're our ideal customer. Think about not restaurant, but more, more or less full-service hotel operations. Okay. Uh, catering operations, venues like large event mm-hmm. or convention facilities. Mm-hmm. Because then you have a hierarchy where you've got a, typically sure. a general manager, a VP, perhaps. You have legal involved, you have HR. And so when we found that when you have those layers, you insulate yourself from turnover because managers are lasting five months. So if I sold you as a restaurant today, odds are you're not going to be there. Our champion's gone and I have to sell you again in three to five months. Okay, one more time. How do you then add a client in Chicago? Pick up the phone and then get in person. So, so you have to you important? have to go in person. Let me give you an idea of why. Wait, hold on. With these new funds, I'm going to assume you're going to hire some sort of sales manager. Are you going to basically yes. build a, more, a sophisticated sales team, which is yes. really what we're looking for you to say? Yes. Because for you to get on the phone and call and then fly to Chicago, fly to Philadelphia, fly to Denver with such a small team, that doesn't it's make tough. sense in terms of how you're going to. Well, you can't scale it that way. <laughs> right. If, in yeah. fact, as you're saying, this is very high touch in terms yes. of to gain the trust and the. Right, the business. So our most recent ideal client is going to be a three hundred thousand a year client. I will get on a plane for that client. So versus a restaurant that's going to do twelve hundred with us. But but more generally, how are you going to acquire the meat and potatoes? Exactly as she laid out. We're going to have a sales team. We want to have right now with this finishing this raise. We want to add three account executives. Okay, that's what we needed. Higher touch, relationship driven. Okay. Finally, that was brutal. It's not a good sign when investors have to drag the right answer out of you. When we come back, will Thor be able to field even tougher questions? Maybe without Jillian's help this time. That's after the break. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. When we left off, Thor was stumbling over some really basic questions about his business. And the questions, they aren't going to get any easier from here. And who's up first? None other than Michael Hyatt. Big surprise there. I've asked some questions and the answers have been, well, white glove, and then my founder comes in. It's it's not scalable, right? Tell me, you're building a company in this day and age. Tell me something that you're doing that is going to like really give you uh, kind of that 10x push. Like, do you have technology? Like, what are you doing that's more than placing people in this kind of efficient way? 
That's fair. And we're doing things right now that do not scale. Absolutely. Uh, it's self-torture. I, yeah. I joked about that today. Um, <laughs> like consistent self-torture. So so what are you, what are you going to bring in? And I hate to use the word because it's overused, but AI or prediction machines or something that mm -hmm. starts knocking out a lot of things humans would do to make this much better. And tech is the hammer, Thor, yep. to actually get Whoa. ahead, way ahead <laughs> wow. of these... Uh, wow. these uh, How long have you been waiting for that? Yeah, I just, that just came to me. Is that right? Uh, okay. From the gods. And... Um, <laughs> Great Odin's uh, <laughs> and and so like what I'm trying to get at is is what's the thing that you're doing that makes us go wow, it's gonna be very hard to catch up to you. Yeah, over time you're gonna accumulate tons of data, and that trove can be used for predictive purposes. Yeah, but I, I everybody mean, comes in here and says I'm making data, and uh, like everybody makes data. That's data's worth nothing unless you do something with it. Yeah, uh, to give you an idea to answer your question with uh, a side statement. Mm -hmm. We need 1,000 of our ideal customers to trust in us, and we're at a million dollars, a hundred million dollars, excuse me, at those numbers that I told you earlier. Now we have to earn that, but how do we scale? How do we get that 10x? No, but that's not what I'm asking. I know I'm what not, you're asking. I'm not, I'm normally, Michael Hyatt sits here and starts yelling about numbers <laughs> more, but I'm trying to figure out now is what are you doing that's going to be like, okay, let me give you an example, hmm. okay? The largest company in the world is probably Microsoft. They cannot catch up to the number three or four largest company in the world, Google, on search. That, that should be astounding to people, that the largest company in the world, and the most they can't catch up because Google has the flywheel effect. So every time you use Google, you add to their prediction machine. It's so strong that even the largest company on the planet can't catch up. Sure. So now back to you. What do you have that makes it so I won't be able to catch up to you in three to five years? Fulfillment at the end of the day. No. Yeah. No, that's not it. Like I need, I'm looking for something else. I mean, it, it, hold on. What will you do with the data right now? You're collecting, what are you collecting and what are you going to do with that? Workers like to be guided. You're going to be great at this position. Here you go. And we have to have the data on what they're good at, their personality. It goes a little bit deeper than okay. just surface level skills. So being able to collect that and be able to do something, mm -hmm. most of our, the able bodies in the U.S. are not engineers. They're not in IT. They're blue collar. We can impact them, but we have to be able to build this thing out so that we can suggest to them and then start to impact the turnover rate. If you can meaningfully impact that at all, you're talking billions. Jillian just came to his rescue again, but Michael is done trying to get answers out of Thor. So he turns to Charles. Charles, the company you invested in, do they yeah. have, are they really working on the tech stack? Yeah, I can't say too much, but yeah, from the beginning, their their thought was, I mean, if you think about it, like, I'm debating how much to share about their long-term roadmap, but these are, these are people where the existing tools for reputation and career management, like, don't apply. Like, the LinkedIn's of the world. Like, the, 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 there isn't a, a reputation, resume, experience tech stack that's readily available for these people because it's a different mm -hmm. it's a, it doesn't fit neatly on mm -hmm. and also because of the turnover if you mm -hmm. you come and you say hey i worked at this restaurant five years ago the manager who was there when you were there is long gone <laughs> so you you can do some interesting things with technology that are hard to do because of the level of turnover on both sides of the industry okay that's yep. super interesting so but back to your point are you trying to match skills with open jobs with 
uh, labor that perhaps doesn't automatically see themselves being able to apply to those jobs or fill those jobs, but you're able to tell them that, hey, you do have the skills and therefore we are going to recommend yes. and we're, you are going to upskill them or... Uh, yeah, I like what how you describe okay. that. And, but externship, upskilling, that sort of thing is very powerful. Yeah. But the answer is yes, Maybe. it's on our roadmap. But I will say that there's competitors out there that do that today mm -hmm. and they're at 34% fulfillment rate. And we're at 91% for the entire year of 2019. And that's where this $150 billion Half of that is lost productivity because they don't have the workers. Right. So if we can even, I mean, we're touching that right now, and that's okay. that's the big picture. Can you talk a little bit more about the competitive landscape? Just mm -hmm. who's out there? How well funded are they? Like, what's your take on them? Yeah. Now, uh, so uh, the big, you know, beast is the temp agency model. Mm -hmm. We have appreciation for companies like Paired. Um, I think our mantra and approach can be similar in that regard. You had Shift Gig in Chicago. They'd raise a lot of money. They're a software company now selling to temp agencies. So bring it on, right? You know, we want to, we actually want to do battle. If we know you're using a temp agency, I, we smell blood in the water. It's, a, it's such yeah. a Thor thing to say, is like <laughs> battle and blood in the water. I, I do have a, uh, <clears throat> a little bit of a portfolio conflict. Um, we're investors in a company called Hire Me, which is not, uh, they're not doing the, sort of gig worker thing, but they're they're placing um, hourly workers in restaurants and similar venues. So it, it's a little too close um, for me. I'm going to pass. No, I appreciate that though. So I'm a pass, but I would be very much interested in coming back in if you can, after the show, show me a real definable tech stack. Sure. This is just rife for just doing so much prediction analysis and so mm. much machine intelligence. And so if, if you show me that you have a real focus on, you know, using tech to, to rapidly scale your margins, this is seriously interesting. So I'd love to hear more after the show, but sure. for now I'm out. Thank you. I feel similarly to you, Michael. I think um, tech is basically forefront of what I do and how I invest. So I feel like I'd want to see that. And I understand that that's an unsatisfying answer because it's a chicken and the egg problem. Like you get the, the cash to build the tech and the product, but it's just, it feels a bit early and I'd like to see that skills marketplace built up too. Sure. So for that reason, I'm out for now. Thank you. Everyone is out except Jillian, who's been helping Thor this whole time. But does she really want to invest? I'm actually with everyone else I think the competitive landscape is something else that really worries me. And so sure. I'd have to educate myself a lot more on that. But with the caveat is, I actually really want to invest. Sure. I'd like to do due diligence. I'd like to start or down that path. And based on that, it would be what I'd be able to commit as well. Absolutely. Okay. Thank, you. thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for being thoughtful. After Thor steps out of the room, Jillian gets a head start collecting intel. She asks Charles about his investment, Paired. Why couldn't Paired move into this, though? They You're saying they're doing... I mean, the, the, the thing I've seen that goes wrong a lot of times is, like, even not all restaurants are the same. Like, you've got fast food, then you've got, like, everything above that. Mm -hmm. So everyone who's tried to do generic blue collar has failed because a roofer, a plumber... And a, rest and a restaurant worker are yeah. all blue-collar workers, but right. they make radically different amounts of money. They have radically different mm. yes. needs for leads. Yeah. And so even so, I think you have to pick like a really specific tier of the industry to go after. 
Otherwise, you end up with this like hodgepodge of products. Right. But look, labor marketplaces, like if you're the place where people find jobs, yes. everyone goes there and yes. the jobs go there and you can't catch up because you can't. It, Craigslist should have been disrupted a long time yes. ago. It's still a really liquid place yeah. to unload stuff. Absolutely. But you're right. I mean, he has a 91% fulfillment rate. Yeah. That's yeah. very impressive. Yeah. And, that and restaurants will stick with That's him. That's right. Yeah. That should have been at the forefront, that we need a sales team. We need a sales strategy. This is what hiring, we're going to... He's going to hire three people. But I know, that but means that's after not, I probe. Yeah. yeah. And that you means know, that the sales process isn't in place. Yeah. I do want to follow up with him. I do think there is something there. Um, but, okay. Yeah. Good to go. Cool. Thank you. All right. Thor. Thor. Just that name. And, and he was such a Thor. Well, that pitch was rough to listen to. I'm dying to know, what was Thor thinking during all of that? We'll find out after the break. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. About a month has passed since we spoke with Thor, our superfan turned founder in the hot seat. And needless to say, things didn't go well for him in the pitch room, and he knew it. Producer Heather Rogers recently got Thor on the phone. Oh, my gosh. Like, so I, I was nervous when I left. I was like, I think, you know, I'm, I think I botched a few things. You build it up in your own head because we're fans of the show and you get in there and it's like, yeah, we're right in front of you guys. This is awesome. Yeah. And it's almost like if you're if you're telling a story to your best friends and they're not reciprocating, they're not finding it funny or yeah. you just kind of have this, you know, weird like, oh, you don't like what I'm saying. And it can kind of mess with your head a little bit. At least it did for me. But the thing is, Thor had already raised 500 k from other investors. How many times have you pitched? Oh, um, I'd say we're well over 100, 110 pitches. So what the heck happened in the pitch room? Yeah, you know, it was one of those um, where I just got trapped in my own, my own thoughts. And so if I'm reading the room and I'm reading Michael's face, I could tell that he was displeased. He wanted me to drill down truly on here's what we're going to be building. Mm-hmm. And I've got a, an investor in the room that had taken part in one of our top competitors' right. raise. And it was part of that. It was like, how much do I want to divulge here? Right. And the questions were good. These are questions that we get when we're in closed rooms meeting with investors. And we happily dive into it with specificity in those rooms. Mm-hmm. But like you didn't say that. Right. He had me flustered. Mm. You know, um, it's just my answers weren't sufficient in the moment and unfortunately can't redo that. Mm. So Jillian was very supportive of you during the pitch. She helped you out with answers a couple times. And I was wondering how that felt to you. Hey, look, 
Yeah, I, I love her. Like, she's awesome. Humanity emanates, right? It was nice of her to throw me uh, a rope every once in a while to pull me away from uh, the shark. After the pitch, Jillian and Thor went through due diligence, and she ultimately decided to pass on the deal. She was concerned about a bunch of things. California's new rules on gig economy workers. There's union issues, competition, just too many things that soured the deal for her. But Thor is staying focused on his mission. He won't be distracted by what the investors want, a better tech stack or dreams of data, machine learning, and AI. Instead, he's laser-focused on one thing. For us, honestly, we eat, sleep, and breathe what's in the moment right now, and that's tending to our user base. Mm -hmm. Because that's what gets us to a billion dollars. It's not some fancy tech that does what? You know, at the end of the day, it really is quite simple. It's all about the workers for us. That's why we have a 92% fulfillment rate, because the workers are freaking rock star badasses. And we treat them like that. For Thor, getting more workers the jobs they need is the way to build Snapshift into a billion-dollar business. But investors, they often don't have the same level of passion for the problem or the people as the founder does. And so they didn't see the same value or potential that Thor saw in his business. They wanted to see things like data, machine learning, AI, because to them, that's where the real value is, the technology. And that's right where Thor sits, torn between what the investors want and what he feels is right for his customers. The Pitch is hosted by me, Josh Muccio, produced by Heather Rogers and Kareem Maddox. We're edited by Sarah Saracen. Theme music by The Musemaker, original compositions from Breakmaster Cylinder, Peter Leonard, So Wiley, and The Musemaker. We are mixed by Enoch Kim. Lisa Muccio planned the recording of this pitch. And as a reminder, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with a brand new episode in two weeks. So if you haven't already, take a moment to follow the pitch on Spotify so you don't miss a thing. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.